1: He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself,
0: Tom Lear. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the call center contact center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items, take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. That's what we're going to try to do today. Hey, my name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO here at Expevia Interaction Marketing. Expevia is a 600 seat call center outsourcer located here in kind of uh Marchy spring, maybe in the air, Erie, Pennsylvania. How's everybody doing? I hope you have really enjoyed the last couple of episodes we have done. You know, the, the one with Eric Krause talking about kind of the benchmarking the financial aspects of your BPO. If you are a, a BPO at all, you got to check that out. It's, it's made me really think of some of the things that we're doing in our contact center. And, and again, if you're an owner or an operator, I think that's something uh, to definitely check out as well. <clears throat> We've been focusing a lot on BPOs and on technology. And I, I wanted to do a let's get back down to, to brass tacks. Let's get to the roots of kind of uh, or the root of, of what we're trying to do. And, and I think the podcast and, and how we started this thing. And let's just talk about tone. Let's talk about actually trying to improve the the agent experience and, and improve the customer experience, right? Let's try to talk through you know how we can make the the empathy in the the tone of how how the you know the, that those interactions with customers. How can we improve the you know the, the everyday phone call or the everyday interaction on a chat? So I have a couple you know thoughts that I want to give you, and this is kind of five things that we kind of focus on. You know especially when when we have a new agent, um, and we're we're trying to kind of figure out you know, how to best kind of position them, and and how to you know make sure that their voice and their tone is perfect for any type of of match that we have with a with a client of ours. So so let's get let's dig right into this. Right here here's kind of five ways that that I think you can improve the tone, and, and five things that we look at to make sure that the tone of our agents is where it needs to be. Again, we work for brands. We can't make mistakes. We have to have high-end associates that, that are, you know, really just an extension of that brand. And if we have somebody that's just having an off day or is, you know, kind of blah on the phone, then they can't be on the phone, right? But, but how do we train that? How do we educate that through? And the first thing is, and, and I'll get deeper into this, but let's, let's start at kind of the, the top level is number one is most contact centers are hiring completely wrong. Everybody's still looking at a resume. Everybody's looking at that that twenty year contact center rep that maybe is coming over from a a business or, or a company that you've heard of, um, but maybe they're all they're 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 sales reps, right? If they're sales reps, how are they going to match your your customer experience program, right? Where you're just looking for really really empathetic, maybe you have a really delicate uh, you know type of customer experience program. I think that's the biggest thing is, and again, you've heard me say and I don't want to get deep into this because I've done full podcast episodes on kind of defining your culture, understanding that and if you're if you're looking for if you're looking for agents that that have that empathy that have that tone, right then first of all make sure that the questions that you're asking kind of match that right ask them and and talk to them and, and talk through that see if you kind of feel the way that that a customer would feel on the phone you know when you're going through that interview process. I think that that's a really important thing. The other thing is really good empathetic customer service agents are becoming more difficult to come by. I, I would just say natural ones, right? We can, we can train and educate it because of this, uh, this thing. Our phone, and, and I'm guilty as anybody, you know, everybody's like this the whole time, right? We don't really talk. We don't interact. And so I think if you can get somebody who's naturally um, excitable, right, has, has that kind of ability to, to kind of speak, that's a skill today. Um, that's that's really important so the first thing is you know, define what you're looking for forget that resume have conversations with your agents that or the potential agents to see if 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 you got on the phone with them would would this be a voice would this be something that that you think could really match you know, either the brand or 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 what what the culture of what you're looking for is so i think that that's that's the first one the second thing is again i think our onboarding as an industry and what i see when i consult is is way off we are so concerned and worried about you know other pieces of the business you know having their their fingers into this that we forget about tone so they're so concerned about a cross sell and upsell not making mistakes all these things are vitally important right so don't get me wrong i'm not saying they're not important but we work so much when we have a brand new agent as an industry on what to click where to click how to work the screens how to work the technology that we forget that these people are going to be interacting with human beings you know, one of the tips or one of the things that we constantly do in our training is we role play kind of every segment, right? So again, if, if we day one, you know, of, of program training, and we're talking about, um, you know, just, just the opening, Hey, thank you for calling XYZ credit union. Uh, my name is Tom, right? There is a skill to that. You can't start your call with, Hey, thanks for calling XYZ. Uh, Hey, my name's Tom. How can I help you? Right? So again, it's all in the tone, right? And, and, and you'll hear me say it a billion, billion times. The tone is the message. We have so many times where you, you could be the a contact center agent that is every single call that you get during the day, you have given the end required result to that customer, right? That could be great. And you could see your NPS and your CSAT scores and your sentiment scores extremely low compared to the person with the unbelievable tone that had to tell no all day long to customers, right? But because their tone was where it was supposed to be because they had empathy because they just sounded like they had a smile on their face that they were interested in the, in the person on the other line, their CSAT, their NPS their sentiment scores will be 10 X, right. Compared to a lot of times what that, that other contact center rep is. So, you know, understanding it's not really what you say, but it's how you're saying it. Right. That's the job here. And this is the difficult part of this. Right. Because you could take hundreds and hundreds of calls during a week. Right? And, and how do you how do you make sure that you have that same type of, of energy? And I think that's where the, the supervisor and that's where QA really really comes into play in making sure that, you know, we're hitting these things. But again, understanding that I think tone is even more important than what to click, where to click as you're going through your screen training. You know, what would a a customer or or an agent say during this part role playing every single day? It's not just like at the end. We're like, all right, let's just take some calls and let's role play some calls. Right. But understanding if an agent really understands how you want them to talk, you'll have a huge advantage. If you've hired well and you have some some high energy people, right, that I think that, again, for us, attitude and effort. Right. So they're matching that attitude and effort. And then in your onboarding, you're talking to them consistently about their tone, how they're how they should have a smile on their face. Um, now, if you have people that in training are like, "This is stupid," then they 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 don't fit your culture. And I think we are much too. Um, once we get somebody in training, we're just like, "I don't want to deal with it." We'll just kind of fire, you know, keep keep going through this process. But training is where you learn. Training is where you learn as a as a call center agent. Training is also where you learn um, as the. You know, call center manager, right, to see if this person is going to fit. Um, if you have a high energy training and, and, and you think you're doing a good job with that, if you have somebody there that is not into it, then, guys, they're, they're not going to work. It's not going to be a fit for the culture of your organization. So I think I get it, too. Like some of you guys are hiring hundreds of people at a time. It can be very difficult to be like, well, we have three of them that are here. But I'll tell you what, those three are going to take away or take most of your time. Right. To kind of get them to the level they need to be, if, especially if you've you've done a really good job of hiring the vast majority. So, you know, I, I would tell you in, in training, if, if they're not into it, I would cut people loose in training much quicker than I think most of, of you guys do. Um, and really focus on the people and the tone of the agents that are that are that are there that that really kind of wanna do it. All right. The third thing is that we don't do right, or most organizations don't do is is actually score and measure. Right tone and quality. Now, qual- I shouldn't probably say quality. Definitions of quality for for everybody is a little bit different, right? When I go again consult, and I'll say, "Hey, can I see your QA form? Can I see you know what you're using to to score agents?" Again, it's probably greeting at the bottom. It's disclosure. It's pr- ask probing questions. It's right. It's all of these black and white type things that come into play. But very rarely do I see some type of scoring on tone um, in, in making sure we are actually rewarding, right, those agents that are doing a good job with that. If that's – you have to measure what you're, you're trying, the, the desired outcome that you want. And a lot of times from a quality standpoint, again, we are concerned about legal things. We're concerned about sales aspects, right, the cross-sell-upsell piece. Are we – Trying to get a sale from a from a, a question in, in A, are we probing for those those questions to make sure that we're getting the other person to talk? We we train all of this stuff from a from a sales aspect and, and from a quality aspect and then from a legal aspect. You know, understanding that half the battle could be fought with just really good tone at the beginning of a call, right? Actually being excited to have that person to, to talk to that person. Or again, this is a stage. Act, we have to at least act. Like we are really, really into it, right? Because again, there could be times on a Wednesday you've been there for two days. It's hump day. um, It's three o'clock. Your shift's over at four. It can be very difficult to be like, oh my gosh, I got to take three more calls here, and I got to get through the day. But the real good, really good customer service agents that that get it, you know, they were there to to kind of perform it at all times. And I'll tell you again, even the sales people. Right, I'm, I, I get so irritated when Like, well, she's a, her tone's a little off because she's she's more into sales. I'm like, well, that that really doesn't mean anything to me. So salespeople just have have poor tone and they're just hardcore. Right now, I get that maybe that works for some people, but I still think that the vast majority, even when you're on a sales call, if your tone is right, you have you you have an engagement early, right? That there can be a trust that gets built early because that person thinks you really want to talk to them. So again, measuring from a QA standpoint. I love, absolutely love analytics for this to, to show sentiment scores of all of our agents, right? So all of our customer service and our inbound calls, we are scoring sentiment. They're posted by our, and our agents can kind of see, super correlates to CSAT and it super correlates to the type of individual that we have. So we may have somebody that's more salesy that maybe has to really push themselves to have that really energetic, happy tone. Um, and they will be lower on that scale, right? So those are the people that maybe we need to work with, right? Because they, we probably moved them three or four times. They've been here for, you know, eight or nine or 10 years, right? So depending on the, the type of, of programs we have and the clients we have at that time, you know, those are some things that our our supervisors are now very aware of now. So not only are they looking at, you know, cross-sell numbers and sales numbers and service level and handle time, right? But now we've added in sentiment scores, as a huge piece of what we do, and as a BPO, I think it's vitally important to to be able to to prove to a client, hey, not only are we matching your numbers, all right, but we are making sure that the the tone, the word usage, how we're speaking to your customers, is in line with what you want. So I, I think that that's a really in this technology again, probably five years, maybe analytics. Somebody that's that's an early adopters before that, but really. You know, I think we've really only been utilizing it for like the last five years, and it's had a huge impact um, in, 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 again, what we're doing with our, with our customers and, and what we're doing. And hey, guys, if you do, I'm on LinkedIn Live. If you guys do have any questions, Nate, I'll get to you. Um, please ask away if, if anybody is here. I didn't even publicize this. This is kind of just, it's a podcast episode I've been meaning and wanting to do, have a little bit of time here. So, um, again wasn't wasn't expecting some people but it's awesome that you guys are here and again if there's anything i can answer on this kind of topic or anything else let me let me know the 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 fourth kind of thing is i think we have the tools now to incentivize tone right so analytics is an amazing way for us to actually pay our associates more right to make sure that they're hitting the level of word usage and of of how they're speaking to customers you know this is this has been and you've heard me if you followed this, you've heard me talk about this a lot, is is so we have two pillars of culture at, at Expedia, attitude and effort. Effort's kind of easy or it's easier, right? You can you can do things on attendance, you can do things on average handle time, like they're they're putting effort in, right? But how do you how do you do attitude? Right? It's so subjective, right? And and this is why analytics for us has been kind of the Uh, just a panacea when it comes to then being able to take our, it was always easy to, to incentivize your sales guys, right? They, they hit their sales, they can get more money, but how do you, how do you incentivize customer service agents that, that maybe don't have a sales aspect? Yeah. There's a QA piece, right? There may be CSAT. There's an NPS. Again, that can be a little bit subjective, but I think now looking at sentiment scores and now paying our associates more, especially when it really comes to, to projects that are, that are empathetic, that uh, you need empathy, that I think is is really important. Yeah, I mean, Marshall, I agree, and and I think Marshall has a kind of throw his his comment up here. You know, analytics, with couple with QA and CSAT with 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 EX scores is a you know great holistic way, and and I agree with that. You know, I, I think for sure for us, we are still doing QA, and I'm still scoring calls. I have found that I prefer sentiment over CSAT and in, in kind of NPS scoring. And all those kind of survey models, right? Again, just because you could you could be doing everything perfectly on a call, right? But that customer's ticked off because you you had to follow a, a, a company's policy or procedure where maybe you couldn't give a refund or you can't send something new out to them, and that customer will then go and hammer your rep. I, it was terrible. I didn't get what I needed. Blah blah blah. Right, and it, it lowers their CSAT when when that agent did everything possible that they were supposed to do. So again, with sentiment scoring. And QA, right? I think that those are really the, the the two the two biggest things that we're looking at. Right, so we're looking at number one: are they are they hitting all the things that they should? Right, we got to hit the legal disclosures. We got to hit a greeting. Uh, we have to be asking probing questions. Like, what all, all the stuff is really important. But now to take the other piece in the quality aspect of what we're doing with analytics with sentiment scores is is, is gives you a really good snapshot of of that agent. That, that I think, you know, again, is, is kind of the new layer or the new level of, of what I think the kind of a world how we measure world class, a world class center. Even before analytics, we were just talking about service level and handle time and, and those types of things. We have at least moved to more of a quality aspect driven technology um, that can be in a lot of different different centers. And I think it's, it's, it's vitally important. So, again, and it's awesome to be able to incentivize, pay your associates more for having, for especially the ones that have the really, really great tone. You know, the the, the fifth thing I think that is really, really important is we always, we, we call out things with our agents when they do something well, right? So we call it a raving fan, right? Somebody who either is at the end of a call is like, hey, can I talk to your supervisor? Because this person did an unbelievable job. Or, you know, they call back, right? Because it was so, the the, the support that they thought they got, they want to be like, hey, I want to give Janie a shout out. She did great. Right? Those are important. We always call those out, right? We call them out on Slack. I'm sending those to those the clients, right? <laughs> Anytime that we have a compliment like that, because that's important, especially when you're talking about NPS and you're talking about, you know, kind of word of mouth. We we call out hundreds on our QA, right? So, you know, Janie did a great job on her QA score. She had a hundred percent. We call that out. And now I think just as important is calling out tone and looking at sentiment scores and looking at somebody who has had some amazing calls Right from from a tone perspective, is something that we we as an industry have have not really done. Not everybody. There's still a, a very small percentage of contact centers that are in the analytic world. Um, it's growing every day, um, and I, and I think that that's a, a really really important piece. And I love things like like an observe AI and and some of these other you know kind of forward looking analytic companies that are really starting to think about that and and, and to give you know agents kind of a, a, a shout out or a call out, you know, depending on, on where their tone is. Um, and I think that that's, that's really important. All right, Natalie, what do you got here? As I work as a call center supervisor, how can QA join in to assist? Let's put you up here. Um, I work as a quality as a quality supervisor. How can QA join in to assist contact center leaders with team management to build our agents quality? We're a medical record, 1200 agents. The first thing is again, I think, I think it's really important that that you guys can kind of talk through roles. I don't know what your ratios are for, for supervisors. And I'd love to, and Natalie, we can, yeah. Natalie, I'll tell you what, if you have, I think I can do this. If you have an email, I can send you an invite. You want to come on right now and we can have a, have a conversation on this if you want to do that. If you don't have time or like if you're at work or something, I get it too, but I'll try to answer your question. But if you know, let me know, we can, we can maybe get a quick back and forth here as well. But I would say, you know, the first thing to do is, is, is look at your supervisor, your your on-floor supervisors. What's that ratio and, and what is their role? Looking at your QA, what is your ratios for that? What is their role? So for, for 1,200 agents, you know, for us, we're about a, say, 15 to, to 1 ratio. So for, from, our, from our supervision and then from our QA, you know, we, we're about at a 30 to 40. Oh, nice, Natalie. I like it. Let's see if I can do this. She sent me your email. Oops, sorry. Natalie didn't mean to show your email. All right, first time I've done this. Let me invite you. See if we can do this.
1: <clears throat>
0: All right, Natalie, I'm gonna send you an email. See if you can hop on right away. All right, Natalie, I shot that to you. That's the invite. See if you can uh, click and, and let's. This is a really good topic that I think can help a lot of people. So let me give you a second here to see if you can do that and see if you can join. But I, but I think you know that's the biggest. What I, what I've seen even consulting is is there there can be a disconnect between what QA what their role is, what the on-floor supervisor's role is. Right. So if you have really strong QA, sometimes they want to they want to have an you know be be the fixer of, of the things that are happening on the team. The supervisor can sometimes disagree. There, so there needs to be a kind of a union. So for us, we make sure that um, our QA scores the calls, right? There are there our main score of calls. They're looking at sentiment as well. That then comes into the on the floor to this actual supervisor. And then that supervisor will be the one that actually does the listen to the call. If there's any kind of disagreement, they can have that before it gets to the agent. And then, you know, the supervisor is the one that is actually kind of handling that issue, doing the role playing and helping that out. I will tell you though, that um, the supervisors are, while QA is kind of in charge of sentiment, the supervisors see it all, right? So they're the ones that are talking to their agent as well on, on where they are from a sentiment standpoint. Our QA and our supervisors are talking daily as well to say, "Hey, listen, can you listen and make sure that we're monitoring Janie, Susie, and Tim? Um, you know, their their call quality seems to be going down. Um, I got Tim, who maybe is in a little bit of a mood today, right? So there just needs to be a, a really good team camaraderie between the on floor and the off floor, right? Management teams, which are the the, the same roles, but it, but it just kind of in a in a different way. They have to have their their roles defined though." And, and I've seen that so many times where supervisors will disagree with QA in front of the agent or as they're all together doing it, right, in monitoring, and it becomes this big, you know, hubbub, and then you have people taking sides, and it, and it, and it really hurts the, the organization and the quality aspect. So, again, I think that all of those need to be until you, when you talk to the agent, it's kind of a unified front from both ends um, and, and understanding kind of, you know, who, who's doing what, who's doing the actual coaching um, and and what is really going on with, with some of those calls. So again, I don't know if, if that helps you, but that's kind of, you know, some of the things I think to, to kind of really build that out as number one is really defining the roles of, of what those, those two groups are and then becoming the team, right. That isn't like this. All right. Now I'm sorry. I, I I'm, I'm an idiot here. Like I've never done this before. I think I probably screwed your email up. Let me try it one more time. Because I really want, I really want to do this. All right, so hold on. Let me type your email back in here. It's hard to. I tried to bring it up, and I was copy and pasting, but I don't want to show your email to everybody. I don't think that that's right. All right, now Lee, I'm gonna try this one more time. Okay, uh, here. There's another question here. Employee well-being is one of the most important things, yet the least measured. Why do you think that is, and, and what do you uh, measure? Okay, so this is really good, and I think. You know there are some organizations that that really focus on this piece of it right on, on the employee engagement employee wellness um scoring certain things you know when it comes to that aspect um I just think it, for a lot of organizations it's 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 a it's a difficult metric to measure right overall to be honest most organizations don't care it's not something that that they can see or or that's that C level executives see you know, something that could move the needle. Now, I think that that's insane, right? And I think we would all agree here that that's insane because that's going to have a huge impact on your ROI when it comes to turnover, when it comes to call outs. And I think it was a little bit easier, right, when, when we were all in the office, right? Because there's certain things that we could do, like whether you, you, know, you, you have that cool break room or you have some things, you know, from that aspect. Where when you are work from home, it, and I'm not saying this is right, but a lot of C-level guys think they're already at home, like what, what more can we do where, you know, I think, you know, again, employee gamification is huge. I think that can be a ton of fun still having the you know committees, right? So if you're going to have a new, a new headset that you're going to roll out to all of your call center agents, you better talk to some of the leaders, right. To make sure that that thing goes out well. And I, I kind of just did a podcast on, on that with, with an engagement standpoint, any policies, procedures that are coming down the pike, make sure that you have a, a buy-in from the, from the agents, I think, and I know well-being is a little bit different, right, than, than what we're talking about. This is more engagement. I think from a well-being standpoint, you know, you have to look at, you know, some on-floor, I guess, or, or, you know, hardcore call center things and then some some other things too. So one is, is are you burning your agents out? I just had a – just typed a little bit this morning talking about, again, I'm talking about occupancy, talking about making sure that our agents um, are only – working about 75% of the hour, right. In a, in a working state or about 45 minutes, if you're after call work and, and that kind of doesn't add up to that, then you're going to burn people out. That well um, I think is a huge piece of it. So there's some things that we can do from, from that aspect, but yeah, I think, you know, we, we have worked with a lot of two on ones, right. Where they're taking some really, really heavy calls. So, you know, suicide hotline calls, know, homeless calls, um, uh, battered women calls, you know those types of of, of individuals in, in 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 trying to deal with that. So where we would actually have a, a kind of a on call therapist that these guys could talk to if they had any really difficult calls that maybe I'm not able to really help them with, or you know that that they can they can deal with. We you see this a lot with content moderation, right? So content moderation teams on TikTok on YouTube, some of the things that they see are disgusting. A lot of the things you know, can be elevated to the police. When you see that stuff every single day, you definitely need some some type of, of assistance or help or time away. Um, some things to talk to, some, some people to talk to. Oh, Natalie, you did it. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. How are you? We did it. I we figured it out.
1: We did it. It was me. I work for a medical records company, so a lot of our emails get encrypted.
0: I got you. I got you. I got you. So- Again, I I think I took your question maybe at a higher level, but, you know, is there anything, I mean, is there anything else like you want to dig deeper into that a little bit or, or do you have any other questions on that?
1: Yeah. Your questions, your answers to the questions really help. The biggest thing with our call center um, we have a a lot of quality issues. um, um, Literally our quality scores, but also tone, call control, call flow. Um, We deal with a lot of doctors and nurses, nurses, every specialty, cardiologist, whatever, nurses, everything you name it. So um, a lot of our agents don't have that confidence to deal with such intelligent people. so we have to teach them how to um, rebut intelligently and effectively. So kind of those sales tactics. yeah, um, they don't they don't have that and it affects mm-hmm. the chart coming into us. So um, our quality is a little a little different than normal call, uh, call centers, but ultimately the same thing.
0: How, Natalie, how are you measuring? Um, and I know I'm sure anecdotally you 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 know the quality by listening to calls. But is there any? Are you using any type of analytics? Are you using any type of tools to kind of help with that?
1: Yeah, we do have speech analytics that we just rolled out maybe six months ago, and we also have an open rep to hire a speech analyst as well. Um, that's been out for a couple months, so we're not quite where we want to be. But we're have getting- you
0: have you found that analytics? has been difficult to roll out with that? I, what is the, what is some of your, cause I think a lot of people, and, and again, I'm not blaming anybody, but when, when analytics gets rolled out, cause again, everybody almost thinks it's almost plug and play when there is a lot of work to kind of set that up to get it to where you need it to be. I mean, have you found that to to be there or, or what is the kind of the, the about, you know, the analytics that you have right now? Uh,
1: the UH that I've seen so far is, um, sometimes it doesn't quite match up to what I'm hearing. So we have um, little trigger words, like when we're talking about the health plan, United UnitedHealthcare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, mm-hmm. um, the recording picks that up. When we give the intro, um, the summary of the call, when they're speaking about payment for medical records, we have those trigger words that come up. Um, it does also recognize the tone, whether negative or positive. Mm-hmm. So those work out great. It's just when... We have those and we listen to the call and then we look at what the speech analytics gave the rating that the agent had a positive tone. And then I listened to the call and where it said it was positive. The agent was most definitely not positive. So kind of those inconsistencies are the big issue right now.
0: Yeah, no. And and I think that that's fair. Um, You know, there's a lot of training that that can kind of, you can kind of do with that as well. You know, one of the things I would suggest, I think, especially in your type of contact center and again, not to not to have to purchase another tool which you know with 1200 agents nothing is is going to be quick and nothing is going to be you know inexpensive but you're really looking at um especially I think for your use case but looking at agent assist and and just to start to to do some initial thoughts around that so again when a when a doctor says something or when you need to rebut something when those types of things become like that internal supervisor, right? That can kind of help those agents on the call that maybe are a little bit more nervous about, you know, some of those, those aspects. I think agent assist could be something really cool, you know, in, in your guys use case, I mean, especially from a financial services or a healthcare standpoint, where it's a little bit, you need a, a little bit higher level agent and maybe your agent is here. um, I think can kind of bridge that gap a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, the other thing is, again, I, I think from your aspect is, is is listening to that quality aspect, and then becoming a real really good team with the supervisor. Having the having you guys kind of join together, don't fight, don't argue over what we think is good or not. I would suggest as well is to do some some supervisor in QA. Take an hour and do some some benchmarking sessions. So you go score a call, have one of the on floor supervisors score a call, and kind of talk through it. Um, so then there becomes a trust that gets built, right? So if you say, Hey, I scored this as an 89, that supervisor on the floor is not going to start to doubt you. And then things I think can go a little bit quicker as well. So I think some benchmarking could, could probably help as well. And then again, just a ton of role-playing with, with your agents. I mean, that's not rocket science. I'm not giving you anything you probably don't already know. Um, but I think that there's some things too, that you just got to dig into the weeds a little bit, um, -hmm. kind of get, get everybody on the same page so that you're all rowing together. Because with 1,200 agents, you know, once you get that thing cooking, it's going to be awesome.
1: hmm Yeah. Thank you so much. That was very helpful.
0: Okay, Natalie. Thanks. I hopefully I helped you a little bit. Uh, I did. appreciate you coming on. You were the first guest that I've ever brought on on a, on a podcast. So from 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 just outside questions. So again, I appreciate it and uh hopefully that helped.
1: Yeah, thank you. Big fan. Okay. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, Natalie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. And then Sean, you got here. You had a staff manager here on the job was a check with teams daily. Often the teams were not comfortable talking to their manager. Board. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. I think that's a really good idea. It's almost like during COVID we, we had a, a, I don't want to say a COVID officer, right. But the, somebody, the, the supervisors got so kind of annoyed with, with telling people, Hey, you have to put your mask on or, or, you know, uh, make sure that you're six feet apart. Right. And, and kind of having that separate person that, that kind of could, had the right personality to do that. And then the agents would kind of talk to them a little bit as well. So no, I think, I think, you know, we, we don't talk about that enough from a, from an agent wellness standpoint, from some of the calls that, that these guys get, I mean, they can be extremely difficult and depending on on the type of calls, again, like I said, like from the two on one side, from the looking at content moderation, um, but even even a regular customer service call when you got somebody really ticked off and they're calling you names just because maybe they're not very stable, it can be extremely frustrating and and I think it is important that we we do understand that we we have basically a a, a no no question break policy if if you have a, a difficult call or, or if you're having a difficult day, right? So just go have a cigarette, go take you know 15 minutes, go take 20 minutes, especially if if QA hears some things. Because we still will have really, I don't want to say tough, but seasoned call center reps. But if QA is like, "Whoa, that call was very difficult," they will call in and be like, "Hey, man, go listen to Janie. Make sure she's okay." Those kind of things. I think that that's that's really important too. So, again, this was fun, guys. Like I didn't I didn't plan on uh, all the questions, and I love it. It makes it way more interesting than just kind of doing a doing an episode. So, if you guys have anything else, I'll, I can you know hang out here for another minute or two. Um, but you know, again, the just to get back to kind of the the gist of, of what we were talking through is is tone is 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 the message right and and again I think if if you can have a a catchphrase in your contact center again for us it is and, and use it right tone is the message right that's what our when we're talking when we're onboarding when we're we're going through an agent who who, who did not have good tone right they will understand and if I come hey guys what's the number one thing like tone is the message so it becomes like this mantra that you kind of can utilize in your in your call center right so if you can. I think those are kind of the three things from a, from a quality aspect. If I said, Hey guys, what's our culture? Every single agent would say attitude and effort, right? They know that those are the the two pillars that they need to focus on. And if I say, guys, what's the number one thing about, you know, about taking calls, it would be the tone is the message. Um, And I think if, if you can kind of start to drill those things into your agent's head and then have the, the aspect to kind of follow through with that from an analytics standpoint, from a QA standpoint, from how you're training, and again, that's easily said, you know, from kind of the, this pyramid of, of of how we, you know, get our agents to a certain level. Um, but again, I don't think it's focused on enough. We're focused on so many more things than than just having a smile on your face and um, in, in in kind of getting through the day in a, in a in a good way. So again, thank you guys very much. I love all of you. This has been a great episode. Um, and Natalie and, and anybody who had a question, guys, I'm going to post this. It'll be on YouTube and then. You know we'll post this as an episode too, as as advice from Costa Geek. I'll probably edit out the the 15 minutes when I'm trying to figure out Natalie's email. But um, other than that, I think uh, I think this is this has been really good. So again, thank you guys very much for participating. Hopefully, I can add or did add some value to you. And I will uh, I'll probably do another uh, LinkedIn audio event later this week. Shoot something out there. But um, really appreciate it.